Web 2.0. Innovation. Trend. Collaboration. Software. Got the world turning as fast as it can? Hear how technology can help, legally speaking, with two of the top legal technology experts, authors, and lawyers, Dennis Kennedy and Tom Mile. Welcome to the Kennedy Mile Report here on the Legal Talk Network. And welcome to episode 25 of the Kennedy Mile Report, brought to you by our great sponsor, Bill for Time. I'm Dennis Kennedy in St. Louis. And I'm Tom Mile in Dallas. Hey, Tom, I thought it might be a good time to revisit the current state of affairs in the world of collaboration tools for lawyers. How's that sound? I think that sounds great. So uh, in our episode today, we'll talk about collaboration tools for lawyers and uh, why it might be that lawyers don't seem to be using them. Uh, In our second segment, we'll return to the mailbag for some audience questions. And as usual, we will end with our parting shots, that one tip, website, or observation that you can begin to use as soon as this podcast is over. But first, let's go with our main topic, collaboration tools in 2010. Dennis, I understand that uh, you recorded a podcast with Sharon Nelson and Jim Calloway, our good friends, last week, and the subject of collaboration tools came up. What, uh, in what context did it come up, and what did they ask you about collaboration tools? Well, as you know, Sharon and Jim host a Digital Edge podcast on law practice management and legal technology topics, and, and they're great friends of ours. Uh, Sharon said... Um, and I'll, I'll use the lead-in because I like it. She said, as, as you know, Dennis, I'm a big fan of the collaboration book you wrote with Tom Mile. But I've got to say that I think with the exception of using track changes in Word, I see only a limited amount of collaboration at the small to medium law firm level. Why do you think so many lawyers have been slow to adopt collaborative processes and collaboration tools? And do you see this train picking up speed? If so, tell us why. Tom, let's hear your answer, and then I'll tell you how I answered her question. Well, if you want the glib answer, it's because they haven't read our book yet. But I think that the more realistic answer, and there's a couple of reasons for this um, that I'm sure we'll get into in some more detail, but I still think there's a general lack of awareness in the legal community about what collaboration tools are and what they mean. I have, um, f- for a, a legal event that we're doing here in Dallas, just been setting up some very basic Google Docs, and it is like pulling teeth getting the other lawyers to use them. They, I get emails saying, I don't know how to use this. I'm not familiar with it. Um, Once I show them that it's just a website that you can put information into, they are shocked and amazed. But I really think there's a a lack of awareness on uh, in these types of tools. One other reason. Uh, for those who are familiar with tools, one other reason why I think that they're not being adopted the way they should be is because there are just too many of them. I've been collecting new collaboration tools to put in our collaboration tools directory, and I think there are literally 50 or 60 different project management tools available out there and and 10 or 20 different uh, document uh, creation tools that are out there. And I I think that people don't know where to start and where to go, and, and they don't have the time to try and figure out which one is is the best one to use. I think the final reason, uh, very quickly, why I think people aren't using collaboration tools, and it's one reason why I also have difficulty with finding different tools, is it's just one more silo of information to keep track of. It's one more place where I have to go to get my information, and I'd rather limit that to one or two or three different places so I'm not having to go uh, to multiple places. And I don't forget that information's there. That's why I think I wind up back at email uh, more often. I think that's why people end up at email. I think I, I do better than, than most at, uh, at 
keeping my my documents and my other information into in other formats. But uh, those are the three big reasons why I think lawyers aren't using it. How did I compare to your answer? You know, I think uh, I think you gave a very similar answer to mine, but in the reverse order. Um, sort of my overall point is that people are thinking in terms of tools and and less so in terms of tasks. And if you say, how are you collaborating these days? Um, and people are going to say, oh, I'm doing all sorts of things. Uh, you know, how I exchange information, work together with things. But I think when you say, what collaboration tools do I use? People kind of are looking for platforms and, and some, you know, specific tools that they use. But to me, uh, and my big answer was that clearly the major collaboration p- platform and the way lawyers collaborate is using email. Now, unfortunately, if you think how we use email to collaborate, you get to why I t- tend to say email is broken. So the other day I got I had an exchange of, I don't know, half a dozen emails that were all of tell me times that you're available next week for a meeting and sort of this back and forth using email rather than some online calendaring tool. And, and emails, we use email to send attachments, sort of like, to me, that's the classic way lawyers collaborate these days, e- an attachment to email. And we lose version control. We don't know which is, you know, which is the, the operative document. Uh, you lose track of drafts. And then I think the second collaboration people tool people really identify with these days is track changes. I think Sharon has a great point there. But I, I think it, it really comes back to, to our point uh, in the book was that lawyers are collaborating all the time. You just might not think of it in ways uh, in terms of specific collaboration tools. And Tom, I would go back to, to me, one of the key points we made in our book is that people really knew, need to step back. And uh, I, I hate using the term audit, especially this close to tax time. But I think you, if you step back and you say, how am I actually working with other people and what software, what internet tools do I use? And you write that down over a period of a couple of days, it's going to be a revelation to you and, and will help you understand what ways you do collaborate and where new tools might fit into what you're doing. You know, I want to challenge that concept just a little bit and say that I would bet that there are a lot of lawyers out there who are saying right now, I don't have the time to do that. I'm not going to think about taking an audit. You know, auditing is painful enough as it is when I have to do it for regulatory reasons. Why do I want to do this now? And so maybe I could, at the risk of... of, of of saying something out of place, um, suggest a shortcut to it, a, a different way of dealing with it. And that is, you know, figure out something that you're doing right now that's not efficient. Is it is it meeting scheduling? Are you tired of emailing back and forth with people um, and, and, and having that uh, go back and forth over days and sometimes weeks of time just to schedule a meeting? Are there other issues where you wish that the way that you work with people could be done better? Um, just pick one. One. Pick one thing and then find a tool that that can help solve the problem, because I guarantee you there are tools out there for just about every type of collaboration you can think of. Let's take meeting I, scheduling. Yeah, yeah I was Go saying ahead. I would guarantee I would guarantee that where you feel the pain you're, is going to be one of your frustrations you're having with email. So, I mean, to me, like I said, when I go through this exchange of emails over, you know, what time are you free to have a conference call? I'm, I'm like, this is not really the best use of this. And, and so, um, 
then and when people do use some kind of online scheduling tool with me even in an informal setting or in some bar association activity it's just great cuz then especially on the big conference calls cuz you could get a ton of emails in the old days now you just check off some boxes with times that you're available and then you get an invitation and you look on your calendar you go like oh my god they scheduled a meeting for a time I'm available and it just makes a world of difference well, I think, yeah, I think so too. I think another, another good, uh, way for people to dive in and, 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 and start checking things out is look at the tools you already have. Um, you know, are you finding, interested in finding a new way to work on documents that are already in PDF? Let's say you've gone beyond track changes in Word and you, you've got PDF files. Um, are you familiar with the collaboration tools that are already within Adobe Acrobat? Are, are there other software tools that you use? that have recently uh, introduced uh, collaboration features in their uh, newest upgrades of their tools. You probably have a lot of collaboration tools sitting on your desktop right now and you just don't know about it. Just go and look and find one and start using it. Well, and I think that if you look at the you know the marking materials on almost every new software that's coming out it they're they're you know definitely focusing on the new collaboration features they have i mean that's a big thing about office 2010 so um i think you're right if you take a look at what you're using and what tools for collaboration are in there that that can be a big eye opener the other thing is i think that people are underestimating how much collaboration and collaboration tools have come into our environment and to me that's this new emphasis that you see everywhere on cloud computing is that to me collaboration tools are really cloud computing tools and right. the internet tools that you use from web conferencing to you know the google docs where you could you know jointly create and edit documents all those things are happening on the internet that's cloud computing in its essence and i don't think that lawyers would be moving to the cloud in serious ways unless they were using unless it offered these tools where you have the ways to actually work together and to get your work done when you're working with a with a group of people i don't know maybe that's sort of a new idea i had time i don't know how you react to that cuz i don't i don't think we've talked about that notion before but i think that the it is this collab the sense of collaboration is driving the interest in, in cloud computing. Well, I, I think I think that's absolutely true. Although when I when I read your your notes for the show, I wanted to say, is it really the way around? Is it cloud computing that's opened up lawyers thinking about collaboration tools? Um, you know, which which came first there? I, I think that they are in some extent driving each other, and, and most of the collaboration tools are indeed cloud products that uh, that people are using. We're about out of time on this topic, so I'm going to offer up you know two ideas that I think that. Uh, that people need to, to think about and, and, and things that you can start doing right now. The first is, uh, if you are looking at different types of collaboration tools, find a place to reduce your silo content. Find a way to reduce it. For example, if you have a number of tools that you're using, create a start page, an iGoogle page or one of the other major start pages where you can access all of those tools from one place. Obviously, if you're working in a big firm, you might be able to access all your collaboration tools from an internet 
internet dashboard. You might be able to get the IT department to set something up for you or within SharePoint, something like that. Find a place where you can get to all of the tools all in one place. Again, like I said, out of sight is out of mind and you don't want to do that with your tools. The second tip is really practical. Take a look at our collaboration tools directory. We'll have a link in the show notes. Uh, we list a, a large number of different types of collaboration tools in 15 to 20 different categories. Just go in and find one or two and just try it. Take a look at it. See if it can impact the way that you work with people better and smarter. Dennis, any last tips for the group? Yeah, I mean, I would echo what you were saying with with the director we, we've put together and, and keeping an eye on what's out there. It seems like we, uh, I, I know in, in your shared Google Reader, you you definitely share some items on collaboration tools a couple times a week. So I, there's a lot of new tools out there. And I think that uh, people should be especially interested in what's coming up in the new Office suites like Office 2010 and and. The, you know, the emphasis on collaboration. So, you know, keeping your eyes open, looking for some areas, I would say, especially in email, you know, where, where is email really frustrating? And is there a collaboration tool, even a simple one, a simple free one that, that could, could help you in, in that area? Um, I, I also think the impact of the economy, tightened budgets, uh, less travel is pushing us more toward the collaboration tools. And, uh, you know, so I, I think there's a lot of opportunity if people think carefully, try a few things. And I, I think, as always, collaboration is actually a team effort. And if you don't pick the collaboration tool, the person you're working with will. So um, I, I think it's better to lead than follow. And if you find good tools, offer them to your clients and the other people you work with. And, and it's a great area to take the initiative, I think, in technology. Before we move on to our next segment, let's take a quick break with a few words from the Legal Talk Network and our sponsor, Bill for Time. Bill for Time tracks, organizes, and invoices your billable time online. It's accessible, customizable, and mobile. Qualities you need when you're in and out of the office. All Legal Talk Network listeners get a total of 60 days free for the light or professional version. Go to billfortime.com slash legal talk and type in legal talk as the promo code to take advantage of this special offer. That's bill, the number four, time.com slash legal talk and use legal talk as the promo code. Don't miss out on the latest in new media marketing opportunities for your firm. Contact Deb Curran at 781-551-9960 and learn all about the Web 2.0 revolution. Someone's at the door. Don't answer it. Why not? I'm listening to Legal Talk Network podcasts to get my CLE credit in West Legal Ed Center. Oh, I need to do that too. Where do I find them? It's easy. Just go to LegalTalkNetwork.com and pick a program for CLE, click on it, and start listening. Or go to westlegaledcenter.com and choose from any of the Legal Talk Network programs available for CLE. Perfect. I'll do that right now. And welcome back to the Kennedy Mile Report. I'm Tom Mile. 
And I'm Dennis Kennedy. Tom, we always like to answer audience questions, and and, uh, let's tell our audience they're welcome to send us questions at any time, and we'll get them on the show. But let's answer a few questions. First up, a friend of mine, Emmett McAuliffe, asked me, and and obviously we're not going to give any specific legal advice here, but um, how does what's happening in the area of what you do or your estate might do to transfer your iTunes accounts and, and I guess other digital downloads of music and books after you die? Well, I did some research on this question before recording the show, and as I expected, really didn't find much because these kinds of services, and I was really looking at two different things. I was looking at uh, at iTunes, at the music you buy in iTunes, and I, and, and, and I guess other things too, the your videos and your applications and the types of things that, that you can buy through iTunes. And I was look, also looking at uh, the Kindle bookstore because I'm, I'm a Kindle owner, and neither of them provide good solid uh, guidance on what to do if an account holder dies and that information needs to be transferred. So I'm looking at this in a practical, realistic way. And I, and I think that it has to do from 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 the account holder standpoint of keeping good records. There have been a number of, of articles on the internet on you know what happens to your online presence when you die. And the, the biggest advice that, that, that's, that's given in all those articles is make sure that the people who come after you are able to log into your accounts and shut them down or take possession of that information or do whatever needs to be done with what you have online. So it's really important in terms of both iTunes and Amazon to have your login information, your email, your password, all that in a secure place where anybody can get to it uh, before they uh, before they need to get it. Now, as far as your iTunes are concerned, I think it depends on, on one of two things. And uh, it depends on whether or not the music that you've purchased on iTunes is uh, DRM free. If there are digital rights management uh, applied to those files, then you have got to, you're, you're going to have to to find some way to have that removed. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to play that on any computer, or 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 you might be able to burn it to a CD, but it will have the those restrictions placed on it. Now, iTunes recently started selling songs that are DRM free, which I think should probably be of, of, of all right if you've got them on your computer you're able to download them or on the account holders computer the people that come after you can download those and should be free to use them I think Amazon Kindle content is a little bit different uh, it it's also has DRM protections on it uh, it really is a matter of transferring all that content to a new account holder and my best advice on that again not legal advice is to contact Amazon let them know of the person being having been deceased and uh, uh, giving, getting their information, changing all that over to someone else, you'd have to deauthorize all of that data from one Kindle to another. It's a fairly simple prospect to do, but you, you've just got to go and talk to the individual companies before you do it. Uh, any other hints for them, Dennis? Yeah, you know, I, I think that it, it, these are fascinating questions that we're just starting to deal with, and I think we have a an estate or a probate, or you know, I guess a lot of people use living trusts these days, but we essentially have a pro, what I'll call a probate system that's geared toward non digital assets that's running straight into the wall of of digital assets, and so 
there's fascinating issues. Uh, this, this question is actually prompted because I think this article will be out by the time this podcast is released. But I, I've written an article on succession planning for your technology for the Law Practice Today webzine, where I go into a, a lot of the issues that would be involved in the case of death or disability and, and what happens with technology and what you need to do to plan for that. But I, I, I think you're right, Tom. I think that it's a new area. We'll gradually learn learn better what we're going to do. And, and there's a zillion questions that will come up. But I think probably uh, looking back on my past practice in, in the estate planning area, I would say, get yourself some extra death certificates and be prepared to make a phone calls to, to Apple and Amazon, Facebook, all these other places. Um, because I'm, I'm like you, I did some research and I basically didn't find uh, easily you know, transfer instructions for for what happens, but it's a it's a fascinating area. I was I was thinking that you could have your iTunes account and you need these digital songs, and you could give your whole music collection to you know, say like four of your kids, depending on on how those iTunes rules work. Um, and they wouldn't have to split up, you know, like your record or CD collection or your DVD collection. So it's 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 really interest, you know, a really interesting area to to think about. And I want to thank Emmett for that question. The other question we have, Tom, and and this will be a quick one for us, I think, is that several people have asked us, what's the best way to get to talk to uh, Tom and and me at at Tech Show at the ABA Tech Show coming up in a week or so. Well, that's right. ABA Tech Show starts March 25th through the 27th in Chicago. If you haven't already registered, uh, there's plenty of time still. You've missed the early bird deadline, but uh, if you can make it, then we'd sure love to see you there. Obviously, you can get in touch with Tom uh, on and by any of the means that are listed on the show notes page, with, by email, by Twitter, by our websites. Uh, please feel free to get in touch with me. I'm going to be really busy doing ABA law practice management stuff during that period of time, but I've got free spaces here and there, and I'd love to meet with our listeners. Um, so give me a call or shoot me an email or a direct message on Twitter, and let's try and find a time to hook up. How about you, Dennis? Yeah, I'm not speaking at Tech Show this year. I'm just attending, and so I'm really open. So I'm, I try to be as accessible as I can be. I can also tell you some people are scheduling my time because they know I have free time. Um, but yeah, just come up and talk to me. Uh, and uh, especially if you say you're a fan of the podcast, why well, not? Definitely make time, and we'd love to get your feedback. But I, it's a terrific. It's just a terrific show. Lots of fun. Um, all of the speakers at Tech Show are really accessible. That would be the the one piece of advice I give to anybody going to Tech Show. If there's a speaker that you've always wanted to talk to, by all means, go up and introduce yourself. I, I think uh, you're going to find that they, they give you more time than you could ever imagine. And it could be a, a really great part of your experience at, at Tech Show. And Tom, I, I know we're still working out the details, but I think we're going to do some live recording at Tech Show for the podcast as well. That's right. It looks like we will be doing some on-the-scene interviews of uh, luminaries at Tech Show. So look forward uh, to that recording uh, here on the Legal Talk Network uh, in a couple of weeks. Also, another way to get to know people is to sign up for one of the Taste of Tech Show dinners. There will be dinners both Thursday and Friday night on different topics. It's all Dutch treat, but it's available uh, for anybody who's attending Tech Show to sign up. So if you want to meet other people, uh, speakers, faculty, the uh, attendees, get to know them a little bit better, learn a little bit more about technology, share what you're doing in technology. I encourage you to sign up for those uh, 
those dinners as well. Well, now it's time for our parting shots, that one tip, website, or observation that you can use the second this podcast ends. Tom, take it away. I get a lot of complaints from lawyers and other legal professionals who are very resistant to using the new Office 2007 and, and by extension, what's coming up with 2010. And it has to do primarily with the ribbon. They don't like the ribbon. It's different. It's a new user interface for them. They think it's unfriendly and they're generally unhappy with it. And so I was pleased this week when I found a new tool called Office Ribbon Hero. And it's a game, it's a little add in, a game that you can play where you can actually uh, learn about the Office Ribbon in any of the programs. 2007, uh, you can uh, learn about any of the programs by playing different competitions. And uh, it looks like an interesting tool. I haven't downloaded it yet, but uh, there'll be a link to the show note on how to get to it. Uh, A fun way to learn about a tool that a lot of people are new to. And my parting shot is... uh a new name for for a great resource, and uh, Tom's Internet Legal Research newsletter has a new name, the Mile Marker, uh, which will help people pronounce your name. Tom is one thing, and uh, it's great to be part of the naming process. I know you solicited your readers for for names, and uh, you were instant messaging me uh, the other night, and uh, my wife and I both weighed in on the name, and um, and I think you've made a, gr- a great. So, I think you're going to go in a little bit different direction, but it's a great weekly newsletter for uh, uh, not just legal research, which I think you'll you'll be backing away somewhat from, but lots of great tech tips, um, interesting websites, and the type of information, you know, great practical information that Tom is is best known for. So, uh, great name, Tom. I appreciate that, Dennis. Just just for a little bit of background, I, I published the Internet Legal Research Weekly for 10 years. It started out as a primarily uh, an Internet Legal Research uh, newsletter so that I would uh, be giving information on websites and ways that lawyers could use uh, to search the Internet. But over the passage of time, it's really kind of morphed into more of a legal technology newsletter, and I wanted to have a, a new title to, to match the content. So I appreciate that, Dennis, and I encourage you to, to visit the site and subscribe if you're interested. Well, that wraps it up for this edition of the Kennedy Mile Report. Links to the topics we discussed today, as well as how to follow us on our blogs or on Twitter, will be available on our show notes wiki, which is located at tkmreport.com. We're also on Twitter at tkmreport. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast at the Legal Talk Network site or in iTunes. And if you have questions or suggestions for upcoming topics, please email us at tkmreport at gmail.com. So until the next podcast, I'm Tom Mile. And I'm Dennis Kennedy, and you've been listening to the Kennedy Mile Report on the Legal Talk Network, the premier online legal media network. Add the Kennedy Mile Report to your collaboration toolbox. Thanks for listening to the Kennedy Mile Report. Check out Dennis and Tom's book, The Lawyer's Guide to Collaboration Tools and Technologies, Smart Ways to Work Together, from ABA Books or Amazon. And join us every other week for another edition of the Kennedy Mile Report, only on the Legal Talk Network.